This podcast is brought to you by Keep Pulling, a USA weightlifting club and community development training site located in Tampa, Florida. Find all things Olympic weightlifting, including coaching, training programs, community events, and so much more. And Lifting Life, your go-to photography provider for every USA weightlifting meet in the nation. They are also based in Florida and provide platform lifting sequences and videos, VIP photo packages, and so much more that is available to every single lifter. Capture the moment at Lifting Life. And now, it's time for the show. Welcome to the Keep Pulling Podcast. This is episode six, and we are back, finally. It seems like it's been a minute since it's we've been done, a while, but done an episode. We've been what you call busy. Yes, we, we've, we've had a lot going on, both personally and with the businesses, uh, but we'll tell you all about that here in a few moments um, during we, our We did mean session. to record at the last meet. Yes. Uh, turns out the last meet had other plans for us. Yeah, it, 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 the weekend got away from us. Yeah. Uh, actually, every day that week got away from us. But, uh, you know, we had grand plans. But here we are again. Let's catch up on what's been going on. Uh, but today we'll cover our main topics first. We're going to talk about how to event. This is an event survival guide for U.S. weightlifting competitions. Uh, we'll touch on a little bit of weightlifting news and pop culture. And again, we will touch on some get technical uh, with some user submitted topics here. But... Yeah, what's going on? What's what's new in the life of everything and what's everyone? What's new in the life of lifting? Yeah. Uh, let's see. We got the Arnold coming up. Oh, yeah. Uh, it's AO1, they call it the Arnold. And also in conjunction with that meet is a bronze level international meet going on. There's going to be the strength stage and the expo stage. Top 10, top 11 men and women on the strength stage. Looking forward to that. We're going to, Patrick and I are both be there. It's going to be four platforms of mayhem mm. in the Union Ballroom. Mm. Check it out. And if you're in the main expo, it's going to be two separate stages at two separate times. And well, I'm pumped for it. So the um, strength stage is like totally different than. Right. AO Last year, series. we were on the strength stage for two sessions one women, one men. Mm-hmm. And that was it for the whole weekend. That was kind of. We'll talk about more of that later yeah, but, yeah. Uh, and how we're going to deal with that this year. Little logistics. But uh, <laughs> the new site is coming along. Ryan is putting fingers on keyboards. Nice. Typing away. I, t- I just thought of that Kermit oh, yeah. the Frog meme where he's just like, <laughs> bah, 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 bah. <laughs> keep coding, right? <laughs> he's, he's making good progress and we plan to have some big things coming by the, the, uh, either the end of the month yep. or mid next month. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm enjoying helping you out with the lifting life stuff. I Like you just mentioned, we were just at Junior Nas- Junior slash U25 slash University Nationals yep. uh, in Pleasanton, California. And it was th- three platforms. No, yes, three platforms, four days. Well, we were there for four days. Uh, and it was just a time. It, t- it went we? really well. We yeah. were really smooth. Um, we did have some time for breaks. I like that a lot. Oh, yeah. Uh, we can catch up on that, too, mm-hmm. a little bit. What? what uh, tell me about Keep Pulling now. Uh, keep Pulling? Let's see. Keep so updating. Now we can actually announce. Uh, I know in our last episode we said something we couldn't announce, but we were chosen again in 2020 for uh, a community de- development training site by USA Weightlifting. 
Uh, so this is our second year in a row, which is super awesome. Um, and basically what that means is we do a lot for the community and we promote the sport and introduce people to it and help it grow in every way possible that we that we feasibly can. So what goes into getting that? You have to meet a certain number of requirements. One is um, you have to have a coach on staff that is either national coach or higher. Um, you have to have so many square feet, so many pieces of equipment, platforms, full set, and then you go through an application process, then an interview, and then another interview, and then they select. So there's 24 total in the nation that were picked every year. I think they started this program in like 2016, I want to say. 19 and 20, we were we were chosen. It's outstanding. Oh, yeah. You got to be selected each year, like you said. And yeah. And we, yeah, we had to reapply and do mm-hmm. it again, just like everyone else. But yeah, it's super cool. I know how that goes to apply for my own job three separate times really? while I was doing the job. <laughs> while you were already hired. Yes. <laughs> First, I was transferred over. To, this is supply. I was yeah. working in a logistics supply position. They transferred me over from facilities to fill in for somebody while he was in the hospital for a few months. Yeah. They asked me if I just wanted to stay in that position. I said, okay. They redid the contract. I had to actually apply for <laughs> that position that I was already doing. I got selected. Yay. <laughs> Time went on. A new contract entirely was selected for Central Command. Yeah. And I had to reapply again for my own position. Oh, man. And then they turned that position into a government billet, which means uh, I would be a government civilian. All I had to do was reapply, re-interview for my own job. And I I wasn't selected first. The guy who was selected first that uh, turned it down because oh, wow. of uh, the pay grade. Yeah. It was been a big pay cut for him. So I was second in line. And I said, just show me where to sign. Oh, man. And then they're like, nice yeah. to see you again. <laughs> that was for a two year term yeah. only. At the end of two years, I would have been either jobless or or reapply. But <laughs> they it was it wasn't a permanent bill. It was a temporary. Oh, I see. So at the end of two years, on the very last day, they finally made it a permanent billet. I didn't have to reapply, but I had to go <laughs> sign a piece of paper. Wow. Yeah. My uh, one of my best friends up in Maryland is going. He goes through the same thing almost every year, every other year. But he works for uh, L three Communications. It's tough to work living that life because yeah. you just don't know. I mean, even during the contract, they can let you go at any time for any reason. Yeah. So it's a little scary. Yeah, but he. he I think he reapplies every two years or so. But he works on like. Uh, um, GPS uh, navigation, so, like, GPS guided navigation systems for planes landing on aircraft carriers. Like it's a wow. very, 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 very specific thing. <laughs> so I can't imagine there's too many people that have that expertise. So they choose, they keep hiring. Keep Here, hiring here's him. a fun thing about what I had going on. I know it's off topic. Yeah, oh, it'll be fine. quick. <laughs> the, for two years, when you're hired as a government civilian, for the first few years, you're in probation. Okay. Which is your probationary period. When I re-signed to be in the permanent billet. I went into another two years of probation. So I had four years of probation, and I had bought back my military time to account for service time, general service time. So I got a 10-year pin after three years of being with the government. I was receiving my 10-year pin award, and I was still on probation. (laughs) Oh, my God. Probably the only one who's ever done it that I can think of. Wow. What what an exception. (laughs) And if, uh, if I stay with that job, I think a year or two, I'll have my 15-year pin. Nice. But I don't plan it. I want to start wow. photographing, live streaming, right. media producing, droning full time. Do you have a drone? Not yet. Oh, okay. I, I want to get the license for oh, okay. the FAA yeah, yeah. license, and then I'll start. Yeah, I have some, into that I have some friends with some pretty high tech drones, and that man, that's some that's yeah. a crazy world out there. Between real estate and oh yeah, land surveying for companies that would make a good chunk of chunk of change. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, everyone needs video. That's not going anywhere. Yep, and real estate photos. And they, they love them. They yeah. love them. 
Yeah. Keep Event selling. Coverage. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Today, like we mentioned, we're going to be talking our way through USA weightlifting competition from a couple of different perspectives, but we'll touch on that here. But first, make sure to follow us on social media. We are at Keep Pulling on Instagram and Facebook and also at Lifting Life on Instagram. Find previous episodes of this podcast on our website, keeppulling.com. If you like what you hear, drop us a review on iTunes. Thanks for listening as always. And here we go with the episode number six. Here we so go. Let's number six. Kick this bad boy off. Or half a dozen. Half a dozen. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> Is that a baker's dozen? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> We're going to talk about a USA weightlifting event, probably if we have time, local, regional slash state, and then national competition. And we'll get a like. good recap of unis too. Oh, for sure. Um, that's gonna tie. I think it's gonna tie in big mm-hmm. time to uh, what we're going in. Yeah, I'm sure we'll have some stories to tell about Ogden 2015 when we start talking about it. Let's do another recap of Ogden. <laughs> uh, but we'll, we're planning to talk about a meet from the athlete's perspective, a coach's perspective, and then a meet director's perspective. Uh, and that's just there's so many different pieces of a meet and so many different views from different kinds of people and their roles and there's just there's a lot of balls in the air and we're going to try to touch on those but you want to kick off athlete perspective yes i've done so many national the only national meet i did was a02 i believe it was in miami national years style. ago yeah <laughs> <laughs> national-ish national-ish <laughs> uh don't hate well it was national for me yes yeah, that's same big, big stage with National judges. And Listen, I did it too, and that's as close as I'll get. My first <laughs> meet ever was with you guys. It was at Turn, I believe. No, not. Uh, no, no, no. Wherever you were before that. Like, Hang on. It was with. Oh, uh, Tampa Bay Athletics. Tampa Bay Athletics. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. That was like 2013, I think. It was think. like 20 years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just didn't been doing this for so long. Yeah. <laughs> it was. I think it was your first meet. Yeah, and it was, it was unsanctioned. And, right. And I think we had a total of like 15 people competing. My period. mom and stepdad were there watching on the boxes. Oh, really? They were in the, 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 the I want to say bleachers, but it was Yeah, they boxers. were rogue boxes <laughs> that were put out there on the, on the small side, on the 24-inch side. <laughs> that was my first meet. Um, mm-hmm. I didn't really know much about what was going on. Kind of went with the flow. Luckily, yeah. there wasn't a lot of people. But you competed in it. That's what yeah. you're saying. Okay, yeah. I remember weighing in, and they were asking me what my openers were. I was like, oh, I don't know. Yeah, I guess it'll be these numbers. These will be my openers. What, like then. a can opener? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I wrote some numbers down when everything was going into the spreadsheet or the list. Mm-hmm. I was like, geez. Or the cards were going out. That's what it was. The cards were going out. Mm-hmm. I'm looking at my name. I'm like, there's no way I put my weight as the highest person. Right. How am I the heaviest opener here? But there's only like three cards now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and I was quickly moved to the front. A lot of cards went behind me. Yeah. So that was neat. I'm warming up. Not really sure. I was just lifting weights. Same way I really warm up now for a meet. Mm-hmm. I just go back. I mean, this frustrated you <laughs> at the bigger meets. Like, are you warm? Why are you at 50% now? It's not I even just, time yet. I was like, just this so is warm-up <laughs> wave one. I do one warm-up till I'm warmed up and warm-up again. Uh, so I was I just so fast. confused. Yeah, it was a, just really quick. But it, when I was helping Andy warm up at the AO in Miami, whatever year that was, he, we warmed up to like, I don't know, probably like 70 on your snatch, 70 kilos. And then I flipped around and went and go check the cards. And then you were in the bathroom. You were gone or something. And yep. then you came back and then you started doing bar again. And working your way back up. And I was like, what the hell is going on? <laughs> get all these bad lifts out of the way. Yeah. And do a real warm-up. But it worked out. Body. I mean, yeah. You, That's just how it roll. Yeah. And, and everyone's warm-up is a little different. You're the only one I know that warms up twice yep. for the snatch. That's it. <laughs> I probably did that at the, at the uh, first meet, too. Yeah. I, I, it's vague. What I remember the most is going out for my first snatch ever on the platform and mm-hmm. not remembering what to do. 
Oh. I didn't know what to do with my hands, like Talladega Nights, right. Ricky Bobby. I put my hands on the bar. I was like, oh, snatch, right? We're doing a snatch. Okay. Oh, man. Uh, me, and I pulled. It went wild. I, I don't think I made the lift. I put it down. I was like, oh, that was anxiety ridden. Yeah. And then I, I think I followed myself. I had one person going. Something like I was back up again relatively quick. Like, okay. Okay. I, I remember now. I'm supposed to snatch. And I went and made my second lift and made the third. Yeah. It wasn't pretty. I got videos somewhere. And the clean and jerks were fine. It was just that very, very first snatch. Very scary. Yeah. And that's that's kind of how it goes where my first meet, too, was 2009 Holiday Cup out at Rich Lansky's place. And I remember walking out there like I had no idea how to warm up. I had someone there who was like helping me kind of like coaching me or whatever. But it was both of our first time. So he was he didn't know what exactly the order was or how to shuffle or any of that stuff. Nor did I, nor was I paying attention to it. But I was so scared on that first one because <laughs> not only because I was wearing spandex and I'd never done this before in front of like a quiet room of people, but I'd never lifted on a bar that spun before. So I was oh, taking true. I was taking lifts in the back and this thing like it was a needle bearing bar, so it was just like I think it was a works on. And it was just like zing, zing. and I was missing behind <laughs> me in the back and I'm like, what the hell is going on? But after the fact, like something's wrong with your bar, dude. Yeah. Put some rust on it or something. <laughs> Why is it so shiny? But yeah, it's just that anxiety. That's why I tell everyone when they do their first meet with her, like, yeah, I'm going to cut 17 weight classes so I can qualify for nationals as a female, uh, 45. And I'm like, dude, you weigh 81 and you're a male. Yeah, so it ain't going to work. It like, takes don't, time. Don't worry. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> don't worry about cutting weight for your first one or two or three even because you yeah. have to deal with the stress of making that first lift in like tight spandex. So. Yeah, you're going to do all this extra stuff, cut weight, do all this right. run around. Um, don't forget the lift. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Focus so, on the lifting and part. As an athlete, the things you have to worry about, making your lifts, lifting when your coach tells you to lift, <laughs> if yes. you have someone there with you, sitting when they tell you to sit. But on the back end of it, you need a singlet, you need a USA Weightlifting membership, you need to register for the event. And like you said, they ask you for your openers and stuff when you weigh in. In kilos, not pounds. Right. And like the meets you do... We've got big sheets that say mm-hmm. for 50 kilos weighs this. Right, yeah. This conversion pounds, conversion yeah. charts, yeah. That's a good way to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Which makes it super easy. And we put those everywhere, like on the card table, in the warm-up room, uh, because we do have a lot of folks that, that may be their first meet and they d- don't normally work in kilos. But we try to be available, too, where someone's never done it and they feel uneasy. We'll kind of talk them through it and... Yeah, we used to hold technical conferences. Yeah, you had how-tos, really. Yeah. A whole whole evening of uh, what what to do. I think for our first three meets, we did it the night before. So we'd set up Friday in the gist when we did it at 813. We'd set up Friday, and then Friday evening, it's like, hey, come for this seminar, basically, and we'd talk through how to do a meet and what to expect. Now it's kind of, it's tough to do that because setup is crazy now. Yeah, there's so Um, much going into it. So we put out some videos. It has evolved. Yeah, we put out some videos on YouTube that we try to share that are what to expect, how-tos. We have yeah, people available, too, if anyone has questions. Well, that first meet, once I was done with my lifts, I was like, oh, it was, that's it? I'm done? Yeah. Okay, I want to lift some more, really. And then I just watched everybody else. And that was the first time I really saw teammate win three. I didn't know it at the time. Yeah. Until I watched the videos, like, years later. I was like, hey, wait a minute. That's, I know. that's the people I train with now. Yeah, exactly. I remember that coming up on our time hop on Facebook when, like, 2017 when all those people were still there and then looking back like four years from then and everyone was still there together and it was like the same photo but 
five, four or five years apart. Yep. Yeah, I mean, that it was just over in a flash. All yeah. that prep over in a flash. It was kind of similar to when I wrestled in high school. Mm. My first wrestling meet ever. We had done. It was my first time ever doing anything like that. A lot of prep, and just like that first snatch, I was like, I got on the mat. Oh, I don't know what to do. Yeah, <laughs> I got my butt whooped. <laughs> <laughs> but then in following meets, I did a lot better. Yeah. So to get get that first one under your belt for experience wise, for sure. Yeah, you you gotta start filling it out. And once once you do a couple and you like climb the ranks of whatever your weight class may be, uh, you have the opportunity to qualify for higher level events. Uh, we were talking about the AO series, yeah. uh, things that we always go to. Starting with state too. Yep, state championships. Uh, which here in Florida we hold the state championships every year. And there are qualifying totals for this. Any local meet is totally open to anyone who Usually, has a USA yes. Weightlifting mem- membership. And all you have to do is sign up, assuming that it's not full or whatever. Right. State championships, you have to meet a minimum score before you're eligible to compete in. And then next level up to the national style or regional American Open Series, same thing, qualifying totals. And then the nationals, which is a huge jump from there. They have the AO finals and then the senior, senior nationals. nationals. They also have youth, youth nationals, junior nationals, Uni, university nationals, under, under 25 nationals, over 25, uh, masters nationals, <laughs> over 35. <laughs> yeah. So all of those different nationals, masters have, open, right? No, no qualifying total for that, by the way. You can for that any, masters open. Anybody, oh, yeah. anybody can do the masters open, and anybody can qualify for masters nationals and worlds at a local meet. But any anyone that says nationals in the title usually has a much higher qualifying right. uh, total. Senior nationals that'd be the biggest, <clears throat> and then AO finals being like nationals junior, because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. well, it's usually a few more platforms. They had three platforms last year. I was told by Pedro that he always wants senior nationals to be no more than two platforms. Okay. But yeah, AO Series is definitely, I know we kind of joke that it's not a real national event. It is run exactly like one. Like right. there's national and even IWF category one and two judges sometimes out there doing refereeing. They do have juries in the back for the A sessions only. The weigh-ins, all, everything is done. All the procedures are the same as a national meet. Absolutely the same as a national meet. Whether it, that's your way to get to a higher level event or that's the highest you go, like myself. So I'm, be it. Well, maybe <laughs> Masters one year. I'm not going to train this year for it, but maybe <laughs> next year. You can qualify easy. But it's fun. I mean, it's a great event, too. It's fun. We'll always do it in the state of Florida when it's here. Don't foresee ever traveling a long distance for one, like with a bunch of people. Atlanta is going to have AO finals, Mm -hmm. but North Carolina has AO2. That's almost drivable. It's like eight or nine hours. Maybe the flights are cheap. Maybe I'll travel with my camera. Maybe you can come with me. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. But I think that's, that's... if for the athlete's perspective, I mean, uh, they athletes, I think, have the not an easy job, but less to worry about. They worry about themselves. They worry about their body weight, maybe, and they worry about making lifts, or at least that's the way I see it. Right. That's the. the it's not exactly fully competitive yet. It's more like just go out and compete with yourself. Right. Exactly. Tackle your demons. Yeah. Once you get up, you know, I mean, even when you're in the national scene, I don't know that you should be chasing down people unless it's like the difference between spot three, two, and one. Right. Now tell us about Sam and his bronze medal. Oh man. Jury. Okay. So here's a little, a little. Was that a chaser? Yes, kind of, because there was someone who took. So our remote athlete Sam McGinnity, he's out of Minneapolis, Minnesota. He used to go to University of Tampa, which is how we found him, or how he found us, I should say. Mm-hmm trained with us and then moved back home after a couple of years at, at University of Tampa. But he competes in the under 73 male category. I mean, he's been lifting about four years now. I and mean, when he started, his snatch was like 85 and his clean and jerk was like 125. He has a huge snatch clean and jerk. Right. And he's a wrestler uh, by background, but he snatches now 112. 
He snatched 106 at universities and clean and jerked 155, very close to 160. His best is 150. He cleaned it. 154 or 6, I believe. I think 55 was a 55 PR was all a around. PR, yes. So we opened at 150, 150, which it's funny because his snatch is way behind. Unfortunately, we've been working a whole lot on getting him to like snatching mid-teens and like opening around 10 would be amazing. But he opens the snatch session usually as like, like one of first, the first three yeah. people in the order. And then clean and jerk, he's always dead last because the clean and jerk is almost 160. So he opened 150. Most everyone was done. There was one guy left who his second attempt was 155 and he missed it. But we were entered at 155 also. But he went first because he had a lower lot number. One, and then Sam went out for his 155 and made it. So I was like, boom, we got yeah. it. Bingo. And yeah. fun fact, I just printed out a picture today to send out to a customer yeah. of the podium of that session <laughs> with Sam and the two <laughs> thumbs up. With his purple yeah. hair. Um, but yeah, that's that's the only part I was sweating because I was like, normally he's, because he medaled at, uh, last year he took bronze, I believe, in the clean and jerk. And then this time he took gold. But yeah, that was the only portion where I was kind of like sweating bullets because I was like, watching the dude from the back and I was like, is he going to make it? We'll have to go 156 to get, to, you know, to get one over him. But he missed, uh, unfortunately for him, fortunately for us. And then Sam made it first, which means he places higher. But he didn't come out for his third and make that anyway. So. He's got a great mindset when it comes to going to weightlifting meets. Oh, dude, yeah. He's upbeat, skipping around, yeah. hopping around, smiling, high-fiving, pointing at the camera, doing all Like the easiest warm-up, the most low-key, like low-stress warm-up ever because he's just like, yeah, I feel good. Yeah, I'm having fun. Yeah, he's just like bouncing his shoulders Taking around. Taking shots like, of maple syrup that is... Yeah. Makes. <laughs> but his warm up, his warm I know we're getting like way off. Um, it's athlete perspective. Yeah, it's fine. His warm ups for the clean and jerk are hilarious because it's bar 70, 100, Whoa. 120, 140, open at 150. So he takes oh, like, clean and jerk, like five. Yeah, he too. takes like five warm up attempts in the back and then goes out for 150 in the front. Saving his energy. I yeah. I kind of like it. Yeah. And we skip. You see my tables where it's like three drops out, you take this, six drops out, you take this. But we skip. We go. We take a lift at nine out, or we take a lift at 12 out, we take a lift at six out, and then we take a lift out front where it's because he likes to rest a little bit more. Uh -huh. um, and that, and that way, would give him a lot of rest with those big gaps. Yeah, and especially with that kind of weight. I mean, he's, God, that's, I don't even know where it comes from, but it's super impressive. Yeah. And it, it, maybe he does like mental lifts. Yeah. I do a lot too to mentally prep myself for a certain weight. But yeah, he's, he's super, super competitor and a super good competitor and really easygoing guy. Like he's, he's really, he's really awesome. Be like Sam. Be like, Be Sam. like Sam. Sam is yeah. what he goes by. S A H M. Sam. Hello, my name is Sam. But yeah, he's done quite a bit of competitions, and if there, we should we should interview him. I know we did a like we did a, a long one, a long time ago at Ogden. By the <laughs> no, way, no, that was in New Orleans. In New Orleans, that was yeah. Which find is better, not as good as Ogden. Yeah, we used to do uh, <laughs> extended video features and interviews. That was when I had a camcorder. Yeah, maybe we'll get him on the show again. We'll have him call in or something. Yeah, it's tucked away. I think of Google Drive. Yeah, oh, it's out there. So is our interview with Kenny. Oh, I love that one. Yeah. And she asked the guy if he has a forehead. <laughs> <laughs> or a six. This head. is an obscure reference for our listeners. Yeah. If, so you, if you understand that reference, you've been around with us for a while. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Or you're Kenny herself. Or you're Kenny Lachicot. <laughs> so anyway, yeah. You wanna, is that everything uh, athlete perspective? Uh, from my point of yeah, view. Yeah, I think we nailed it. The, the one in Miami was pretty. I here's what, Here's a don't. Don't do too much caffeine before your session. Ooh, I had yeah. two of those like super horchata things. Maybe that's what they're called. Maybe we're not, but they're Cubans and Cuban coffee. I had two of them, and yeah. I was, I was bouncing off the walls for snatches. I was just running, around. and then after snatches, 
Like my face was hot. My eyes were hot. You saw me resting like my face against metal poles. Oh, yeah, that's and right. And I started to come down after snatches, too. I said, hey, I'm going to go uh, lay down for a little bit. I went in like a storage area and laid down on a piece of wood. <laughs> the case is a pillow. And I said, this is where I'll be. And I think I just laid down for 20 minutes. He said, hey, it's time time to lift. I so, forgot about oh, it. I remember okay. you Pour putting up. your head on the pole because you're like, oh, it feels yeah, so like, good. <laughs> I said, cool. Cool me down. Oh, but went six for six that day. I know. That was awesome. What did you do? You snatched 100 and like 90? No, I did uh, 90, 120. 90, I think. Yeah. Which was not bad for only training for six weeks. For like, yeah, minimal training. Yeah. Everyone should have an athlete perspective, meaning go through a competition yourself to see what it's like. Because I think it's it's super difficult mentally for the person in a coach role if they have never been through the process themselves kind of thing. Just so you have that firsthand experience. I did a state meet one helps. time. I did a local and then the big one. In between it was a state meet. I mm-hmm. think it was 2016. State championships. Yep, yeah. It was uh, in, or- in the gymnasium. Yeah. In Ormond Beach. Three or, or, or four platforms. Uh, what is that? Orange Beach. Orange, yeah, yeah. At the Spruce Creek. Well, here's here's what I did wrong. Did you warm up I, twice? <laughs> <laughs> I overdid it. Yeah. I was warming up, cleaning jerks, put the wrong plate on the bar. Mm. I, to, I think I jumped from like 100 to 125. I wanted to do like 105 or one something like that. But Yikes. I lifted my second attempt in the warm up room. Yeah. Like, oh my God, this is 105. I'm, I'm in for a, this is not good. And I dropped it. I said, hey man, something's wrong. I don't know. My legs. I lift. I did that attempt 105, and it was. I barely got up. And you go, huh? That's 125. Oh, that explains that. Okay, let's just open with 115 then. Well, we're ready. <laughs> I'm ready to go. Oh. They opened like maybe 118, then 125, and then 28. Yeah. Like that. Man, we were in, we were in much better shape back yeah. then. Yeah, and that was a late meet. Late meet. That went on for a long time. Yeah. Um, that that was the only really downside. You have to be ready for delays. We'll get into how to avoid delays as a meet coordinator mm. event putter on her. But, but uh, speaking of delays, whenever we go into a meet, I always try to preface this with our athletes. It's like competition is the least ideal circumstances that you could have going into. Yeah, performing. that's what makes it hard. Yes, we tra- we peak our training and we schedule our training around this stuff. But delays push you back. Like if you sh- if you jump f- three four time zones, like we did in California. Yeah. Uh, Christina started just as an example, 8 p.m. local time, which was eight, nine, ten, eleven, uh, pushing midnight uh, Florida time, yeah. but 8 p.m. California time. Not that that would make a huge difference, but I mean we're talking like jet lag, jumping time zones, trying to find adequate food, sleeping in a bed that's not yours. Like a lot of things go into. Yeah, take the- everything you're familiar with. And remove it. Yeah, and like light it on fire. Yep, because <laughs> you're not you're not gonna have all you're not gonna have any of that stuff. If you warm up with a rower, you're not gonna find a rower at a national meet. No, um, you'd be lucky to find dumbbell rows. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. You'd be lucky to find a PVC pipe, honestly. Yeah, or you, room to move. Yeah, unless you bring your own PVC. I've seen one guy had a, a, a collapsible PVC pipe where it came mm. in four pieces and he put it in his backpack. Interesting. Yeah, I got a monopod you cool. can bring. <laughs> nice. Um, <laughs> Dual purpose. But yeah, as an athlete, like there's, you know, the USA weightlifting requ- requirements that you'll need to do, um, but also just prepare yourself mentally to not lift in ideal circumstances. As long as you have like a support crew and or a coach and or someone guiding you, it should minimize the impact that it has on your performance. Right. Hopefully. I think here's the best part about those meets that you're on a stage. You're above everybody's eye line. You lift at a local state level meet, some state level meets, you're going to be 
lifting on the floor, basically. The, mm-hmm. the wood, plywood's stacked up too high on the floor. <laughs> you're staring eye to eye at the center judds. They're looking into your soul. You're looking, whew, trying like, to look through them. They're like six feet in front of you. Yeah, and they're right there. Now, at a national meet, national level, you're a good three feet off the ground standing up. So, you, like, the judge's eye line is about at your foot. Mm-hmm. So you can look straight ahead and not see really anything. Now, me, I live without glasses, so I've already got a nice blur going on. <laughs> so when I lifted up on the stage, I was like, this, this is awesome. I'm above everybody. There's nothing to distract me at all. Yep. And just being on that big stage, the big platform, I think that adds <laughs> three kilos easy. Oh, yeah. Yeah. It adds power. I was lifting on the Atlanta 96 platform, so I channeled Pyros <laughs> flow through me with your awesome... Matches and clean jerks and man, I wish I had that. Was that wait? That was in Miami when you did yep. that. Yeah. Oh man, it was a little uneven. That's the other thing. Be ready for unevenness. Be ready for chalk all over that platform. Yeah. It's hard wood. It doesn't absorb anything. Uh, but the good news is there's rosin in the chalk bowl. <laughs> Highly recommend you stick your foot in there. I remember I said this on the commentary the, on the red platform at the last meeting. I was like, "Why are, you should put your foot in the rosin." Yeah, for sure. Your rubber starts wearing out on the bottom of your shoes. You're gonna slide. It's just not worth missing a lift that you flew halfway across the country for because your shoe might have slipped. So get that rosin on there. It's a game changer. Also, training at home, get yourself a nice set of collars, <laughs> the ones that tighten down. Learn how to use those. Start yeah. training with them in your uh, classical breakdown for meat prep. Yeah. It's going to change the way you lift if you do them right. Right, And yeah. if the loaders actually load them right, that should... <laughs> It should be familiar when you go out there and lift that bar. Right. The weight's going to be tight. There's not going to be any slack. You're not going to hear a, the plates shake together. Yeah, and in all honesty, those true collars really do change the physics yes, of everything. how the barbell feels. It so. turns multiple pieces into <clears throat> one solid piece, yeah. which you might not be used to. All the uh, energy absor- like in the bar, mm-hmm. it, it's not lost in the gap of the plates. The bar is going to start to oscillate and vibrate more. Yeah. You got to be ready for that. Same thing. I mean, think of lifting on a bar that doesn't spin and then going to a bar that spins. It makes an enormous difference. Yep. Uh, We can tell you that firsthand. Yeah. Yeah. Let's see. You want to nail some coach perspective here? Yeah, Um, go for it. So that's perspective from an athlete with some anecdotes along the way, personal experiences. We'll try to do the same here from the coach perspective. So I've got a couple notes here. This is primarily the, the way I go into meets now is like I don't compete a whole lot anymore or i call it participating in events like i don't compete at all i mean you have to as a coach organize your athletes or team like figure out uh, first pick an event and then figure out which of your athletes if some or all or one or two however many are going there and then come the logistics of the event even if it's like we're going from here to saint pete which is about a 45 minute drive there's still a ton of logistics involved which is like, hey, let's all show up at this time to be familiar with the session schedule, which is weigh-ins and lifting, and then coordinate your team and or lifters and assistant coaches or support staff, all of those people to be there at those times to either cheer on or help or weigh in and do all those things on time in a timely fashion. Be on time, people. Yes. Just because you have an hour-long weigh-in time, say weigh-in start at 8 a.m. and weigh-ins close at 9 a.m., doesn't don't show mean, up at 855. Yeah, don't come at the end because it's no one wants that. No. <laughs> come at the beginning yeah. so you can be done because we call we call through people. Say there's 12 people in a session. We could get through all 12 in 10 minutes if everything goes according to plan. Sometimes it pushes like 15, 20 minutes. But 
we don't want to have to wonder if you know someone's coming or if they scratched or if they just totally forgot or they got in a plane accident or something and they're not coming just be on time that's all i agree don't be late yeah we've seen it before where i'll be announcing a meet and you're like hey do a quick announcement for uh, joe schmo right see, see if he's hey joe schmo are you in the building we need you in warm-ups <laughs> in the back if you're not he got five minutes or yeah. you're gone you're, you you're not getting refunded your registration fee right and unfortunately we as a local meet have a policy where if you miss weight you say you register for like an 81 i register as an 81 but I weigh like 83. We'll just push you up. Yeah, you know, you'll there, still get the lift. There are no consequences to missing weight. But if you miss the time period, we can't yeah. let you because that's that's just... We can't push you into another session. <laughs> now we're getting at the meat director perspective. But, yeah, but as a coach, we should know... Uh, it's all going to intertwine. We're not going to come after that one hour weigh-in period ends because that is just going to F our athlete. It's just they're not going to get the opportunity to c- compete. And some meets nowadays cost like... <laughs> Cost over a hundred dollars, yeah. like which is crazy. Um, so don't miss, <laughs> right? And and event fees are usually non-refundable. So if you miss that weigh-in time, weigh-ins end at nine o'clock, and you come at nine o one, you're like, hey, I made it. It's like, sorry, uh, pal, you, you actually didn't make it. Because if if that's allowed to happen, then that could potentially void the results of everybody else, right? As a coach, you should also know your athletes. Uh, hopefully you spend enough time with them to know what they're capable of yeah. and how to motivate and support them. But you need to know their openers, their personal bests, um, so we know when and, when and where to push if they're feeling good, their routines, what they need for warm-up, what they need before warm-up, how much time they like to, like we were talking about Sam and his warm-up attempts for the clean and jerk, how much rest they like in between. And of course, their their capability right. overall. Like, are they? Do they get nervous? Are they a stone cold competitor? Like, everyone's just a little bit different. That's just being a good coach too. Is knowing your athletes, being effective. Yeah. In the way that they lift, not so much in the way that you coach. Right. And your coaching style is probably going to be more dictated by how they lift the competition. And yeah, and how they respond to you as a person, and and that there's no one size fits all. I kind of, hopefully this isn't safe sport, but I kind of equate coaching to dating where it's like, (laughs) you have to know the person, like you're basically in a coaching. Tell me a little bit about yourself. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. What motivates you? (laughs) Tell me your dreams and aspirations. But seriously, like picture, tell me what you see. Like you have to get to know someone to know what motivates them. Mm -hmm. And then you as a coach have to dive into that when they're in their deepest, darkest place mentally. And you're just like, hey, remember... XYZ and they're like, oh my God, I can do this. Yep. <laughs> and that's not going to be the same for two people across the board at and all. A lot of cues are going to be athlete coach specific. Mm-hmm. If you tell me toes, I'm, I'm not going to know what that means <laughs> unless you tell me beforehand, but you might have another athlete, you yell out toes right. and they know exactly what you mean. Oh, I, I lift my toes when I, I'm not doing it right. Okay. I need to be on my toes. That's what right. they're thinking. But I'm thinking toes, like, do they smell? <laughs> <laughs> yes, I have toes. <laughs> All 10 of them. Here we go. But yeah, and that's another thing is cues can be like contextual. So it's like you said, toes could mean one thing to somebody, but then previously discussed could mean a whole concept. Push through the floor or reach. Mm-hmm. What does that yeah, mean? Reach. That, that actually means nothing. That's so. a floss thing. <laughs> yeah, that, that's my favorite brand of dental reach. floss. I actually, I actually purposely buy that brand because I hate that cue so much. <laughs> my favorite bad cues, and we wanted to make, I know I want oh, to make a could. T-shirt, is 
all just naming body parts. Yeah, I, I love the body part cues. I wanted we wanted to make a T-shirt that had every body part and an exclamation on it. Yeah, and that way you could say like shoulders, chest, abs, <laughs> midline, oh, lats, 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 my, tight, 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 tight. Oh, man. let's. let's That's another topic. I <laughs> know. Uh, let's let's <laughs> let's add that to get technical later here. Get let's technical. Say, worst. Cues. I'm adding this later on in, in yeah, this, this episode. Yeah, this name of body parts doesn't work. Yeah. Oh, we'll go back to that. Yeah. <laughs> well, I got a small, like, not quite a crash course. Yeah. In one-on-one slash coaching slash motivating kind of. I mean, I've coached people before, but not really during the meet. Only one person I coached my wife, Liz, a long mm. time ago. And I wasn't really coaching her in training, so it was kind of a guessing game. But at the AO3 in Daytona, my good buddy Rob Arroyo was there, and I had uh, some time off for that session. And I went back to, I was like, hey, he's lifting. I'm going to get a few pictures of him. Hmm. And that was during Clean and Jerks. And I noticed he was warming up, and there wasn't nobody with him. He was there all by himself coming from Washington, so a long flight for him. Oof. Um, I was like, hey, isn't, are you here by yourself? He goes, yeah, yeah, here by myself, yeah. Can I help you in any way? <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I started signing his cards, yeah. putting the weights down. He was... I was basically doing everything he was doing. He was just saying out loud, and I'd do it for him. I was his hands and... You're his proxy. Yeah. <laughs> but it helped him out a lot. Also, because he likes having the hard slap oh, on the really? trap and the ear squeeze and yeah. like the good shake. <laughs> so I was giving him that. And then, really important, I said, are there any cues you want to hear Like when you're getting ready to lift? He goes, yeah, yeah. Say, uh, I think it was get tall or something like that. Okay. Just something really simple. <laughs> Really stand up all the way or lean back. Something really simple. He's like, scream pork chop sandwiches. (laughs) Pork chop sandwiches. He's like, I freaking got you. Very funny, Rob. Yeah. (laughs) It went really well. Yeah. It was his time to lift. He had to follow himself because he was, I think it was towards the end of the session. Sure. I was able to buy him time. We were working that number game and I gave him the good, really hard trap slap that I like doing just to mess with people. Right. But this is what he wanted. So that was really fun. My hands were like tingling. Oh, man. It was loud. Um, like, people are like, Jesus Christ, it's <laughs> gonna hurt the man. Cool, no, this man. is what he wants. Cool. So he'd go up, and I actually talked him into doing his third attempt too. I was like, Hey, man, you flew all this way. He took his second, made it. He's like, I don't, I don't think I can do other because he was really, really tired. It takes a lot out of you. When oh, you're, he's gonna cancel his third. Yeah, he was gonna withdraw. scratch. I said, yeah. Look, you're the last one to lift. People are here to see you. You need to get out there and make this lift. I said, Do it for the army. Do, do it, it for the. Oh yeah, that's one of those things that motivates him. Do it. Went out. He did it. He made it. It was awesome. He said, thank you. I didn't want to make my do a third, but uh, he made me do it, and he was happy to have done it. Did he make it? Yeah, he made oh, it. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. nice. It was great. Well, that's even better. Yeah, he got the crowd was going nuts. That's an even better. He's a master's lifter. He's uh, in his 40s, I believe. Yeah. But that was fun. That was a good time, and I've, I've always wanted to coach people at these national meets and, and get them going, but I'm always taking photos. And same. <laughs> but, yeah, it's, 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 a fun, it's a fun experience, and I think, like I said earlier, coaches – who are coaching people through it should actually do get the athlete perspective and do a meet themselves mm-hmm. too, just so they know how it flows and how it feels as an athlete. Cause then that's another point of, of reference for you to actually get in the mind of one of your people that you're coaching too. It's a good way so, to empathize. Mm-hmm. Another thing you should be aware of warm up attempts. So like we talked about Sam, he has his own specific way of warming up, which is different than you have your own specific way of warming up yep. sometimes <laughs> a double warm up, right? And everyone's a little bit different. So you want to plan those out ahead of time and, and maybe talk if, if you want to try something new, just discuss so everyone's on the same page that usually helps out in the long run too. Some extra bonus features to know as a coach, any qualifying totals for any higher level events that you may be shooting for. Like we talked about the state championships, uh, AO series, 
or any of the nationals and then qualifying periods making sure that event before you participate like if you get there it's a little too late <laughs> but before signing up and participating in that event making sure that it's within the qualifying period for that a higher level competition that you're shooting for because if you if you hit the qualifying total but you're outside of that qualifying period it doesn't really matter because you're not eligible to compete so you just have to be aware of that kind of stuff thanks for listening to part one of episode six of the keep pulling podcast part two and other previous episodes are available on our website keeppulling.com make sure to follow us on social media we are at keep pulling and at lifting life on instagram if you like what you hear feel free to drop us a review on itunes thanks for listening and we will see you next time